This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamecom slash donate. Thank you for listening. The scripture that was read came from the gospel according to Luke, the second chapter, the 25th through the 35th verse. But allow me to just lift up verse 29 through 32, which reads, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The Christmas season like many others before it, comes with the usual signs. We see people scurrying around trying to purchase gifts for family and friends, though not as much as we have in the past because of COVID, but nonetheless, people were out trying to get gifts for their family and friends. We hear the familiar Christmas carols on the radio stations. As a matter of fact, for some reason, I've been hearing Mary, did you know, over and over and over again that I'm thinking about now that Mary does know, right? Uh, we've just been hearing it so often, but we hear the usual carols over and over and over again. And as we can expect, we are all mostly filled with a lot of jubilation and excitement during this most wonderful holiday. Everywhere you look and everywhere you turn, you see Christmas lights adorning the homes of people and just about every decoration you can find. In fact, I'm even sure that some of the lighted houses are in fact people who would confess faith in Jesus Christ, but I would also argue that a large number of those houses with lights probably could care less about Jesus. And again, I'm not being critical. I'm just saying that's just the way it is. It's the Christmas season, and all around us, what we're seeing is lights and lights and lights. Everyone loves the lights, the goodies, the festivities, all that come with this time of the year. But there's an interesting thing about light, and I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that in this message today. Uh, Light does something and has some unique qualities that is unique to light. So I want to take some time and to talk today about why light actually is a great metaphor for Christ and the gospel. There's a reason why he's called the light of the world. It's a great metaphor to use light in describing who Christ really is and what he has done. And so today, I've titled this message quite simply, The Light of the World. The Light of the World. So, a woman was driving home on a very dark and rainy night and it was very difficult for her to see the road ahead of her. I'm sure some of you have driven in in, in times where you can hardly even see but more than the car lights ahead of you. It was a really dark night and this woman was driving on this rainy, dark road. Seeing the taillights of another car ahead of her, it would seem to be going in the same direction that she is going in. She decides to follow that taillight. Now, following the taillight made traveling on that dark road a lot easier for her because she can't see, but the light was kind of guiding her along the way. All of a sudden, the car in front of her comes to a stop. Mm. 
She began wondering what had happened. Maybe the car in front of that car had to stop and why that car stopped. Perhaps maybe an animal was hit. Whatever reasons, you know, when you're driving on the highway, sometimes the car ahead of you stops and it forces you to stop as well. But much to her alarm, not only did the car ahead of her stop, but they also turned off their lights. So here she is on this dark road trying to, trying to get home, following the light ahead of her because she can't see. And not only did the car ahead of her stop, but now they turned off their lights. So she's sitting there now bewildered, wondering what to make of this, trying to figure out why is it as this darkness engulfs her on this lonely road, she has no idea what to do next. She is terrified for the light had gone out ahead of her. No soon after that, there was a knock on her car window. She looked up and there was a man standing beside her. She cracked the window open just enough because you know you can't trust folks these days. She cracked the window just enough and said to, the, uh, uh, you know, to find out what was going on. And the man replied, he said to her, I, I wanted to know, what are you doing? The woman now, she's upset. She says, well, I'm not doing anything. The car in front of me stopped. I don't know what's going on. And you're asking me, maybe you should ask them. And the man said, well, I don't know, but you're not in the middle of a highway. You're in my driveway. <laughs> you see, when you don't know where you are, you can't figure out where you are when the lights have gone out. You make assumptions about where you are because you're completely discombobulated, completely disoriented, and you have no idea where you are. But what she was doing was being angry and upset without understanding where she was and why the light had gone. We're told that God created light on the very first day of creation. And it is one of those gifts from God which you and I and all of us often do what? Take for granted. In fact, we only realize how important light is whenever we find ourselves in the dark. But light as we know it really has two components. Light has the component of illumination and it also has the component of heat. Let's talk a little bit first about illumination. Illumination is what allows us to be able to see things. As a matter of fact, the question is, how does that work, Pastor? How do you actually see things? Well, simply put, every object that you are able to see, whether it's this cup right here, whether it's me in the pulpit, whether it's anything that you're looking at, the only way that you're able to see it is if there is some light that is being reflected from that object which is now coming into your eyes, which your retina is able to understand and discern by sending a signal to your brain. Now, it's not that complicated. All I'm really saying to you is you can only see something if light from that something is being reflected back to you. And that drives illumination and produces the images that you and I see. So being in the dark means that there not only is an absence of light, but that nothing inside that dark place is reflecting any light that will allow you and I to be able to see. So when a room is totally dark and you're tripping over things as you walk around, all of those things you're tripping over is not reflecting any light back to you. So without light hitting first the object, there's absolutely no way for you to see where you are going. Mm. This is the illuminating quality of light. 
And we often sometimes refer to this illuminating quality of light as understanding. This is why whenever someone, someone comes up with a really good idea or they understand something, what do we always say? The light bulb went off. Isn't that what we say? Or if you're reading a comic book and you see someone has a great idea, what do you see? The image of a light bulb above their head. All of that is letting you know that they now have been illuminated with understanding. Yet another term that we use for illumination or understanding is revelation. Revelation is communication between God and his children. So the question then becomes, what kind of light are you and I reflecting? How are we reflecting so that other people can see us? I hope you're tracking with me. There is an illuminating quality that comes from the light that you are reflecting. And oh, by the way, no object can reflect any light if the light doesn't first hit them. Come on, preacher. So, so, so I want you to understand this illuminating quality yeah. of light. Now, before we talk about the second component of light, I want us to revisit our text. Here's what it says in verse 25. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Don't lose that. In other words, another way of saying that is light was shining on him. And it had been revealed, uh oh, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So Mary and Joseph had bundled up their six-week-old six baby boy and made the trip from Bethlehem all the way to the temple at Jerusalem. And they had planned to present their firstborn to the Lord and to make the various sacrifices for Mary's purification as the law of Moses required. Now, now the Holy Spirit tapped this man named Simeon, guided him into the temple and about, at about the same time. And it, it was something that Simeon could not ignore because it appears that he had been promised before that the Holy Spirit said, you're not going to die until you lay eyes on the Christ child, God's chosen one. So as the old man took this baby in his arms, it was revealed to him like light in a dark room that this is a child that all the world had been waiting for. Then he said the most amazing thing. Stay with me, church. Now, Lord, you have kept your promise and you may let your servant go in peace with my own eyes, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light to reveal your will to the Gentiles and bring glory to your people Israel. Now, let me read this part again, because I'm not sure you caught it. With my own eyes, he said, I have seen your salvation. Yeah. I just got through telling you that illumination is about light being reflected from some object 
into your eyes, which allows you to see. And so this man holding this baby says, wait a second, my, with my own eyes, I have now seen your salvation. Light was being reflected from that child in a way that was illuminating and bringing understanding and more importantly, revelation to this man named Simeon. You see, the child in his arms, meaning Jesus, God's son, was the source of life. And this life brought light to people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has never put it out. This was the real light, the light that comes into the world and shines on all people. Brothers and sisters, let me make it really plain. What I'm saying to you is very often when people don't see you, it's because you have no light reflecting from you. And you can't reflect the light of the goodness of Christ if you don't first receive it. You need, to be, you need to be walking lights, illuminating yeah. other people, for when they see you, they should see God. Yeah. So as we think about all these Christmas lights and all of these homes and everyone who's, who, who loves this season, the question then I ask again is, what kind of light are you reflecting? Are you reflecting the purple light, the blue light, the pink light, all of these kinds of lights? Are you blinking? Are you flickering? Are you barely living? Whatever it is that's going on, what kind of light are you reflecting? Many of us have worshipped God. We've been spending all this pandemic giving of ourselves to God, wondering when is this going to end? When meanwhile, the reason why the light of the world is going out is because you and I we are just flickering, That's all right, unable That's to all sustain right. and stay on. Yeah, tell it, tell it. <laughs> so having seen the light of the world, mm. Simeon was now free <laughs> to depart. The light of revelation had come. Friends, brothers, sisters, the Holy Spirit is not a figment of our imaginations. As pastor and preachers and, you know, pro proponents of the gospel, we're not making up these stories just to make you feel good on a Sunday. That's not what we're doing. The Holy Spirit is very real. The Holy Spirit is alive and well today. And many of us have done a really good job of quenching that spirit. So, so a dark world cannot see the light of the goodness of Jesus Christ reflecting in and out of every one of us. But let's talk about the second component of light. As I shared with you, the first component is illumination. Light allows us to see. But the second component of light is heat. Heat. <laughs> I remember when I was young, one of my favorite toys was this magnifying glass. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something now that's probably going to make you all think differently of me. But I used to love to take my magnifying glass and focus it on those little devil-worshipping ants and turn them into cinder crisps. So as these, <laughs> as these ants were going around, I would just bring my magnifying glass of judgment upon them as they make their way from... Now, now I call them devil-worshipping ants because given the opportunity, they will bite you. Amen. So don't bite me. You, their judgment will come. <laughs> but what I'm really talking about is the fact that you can concentrate light in such a way that it generates 
a lot of heat. A lot of heat. So, so, so the heating quality of light is what we often consider passion. The word passion is often used to mean a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something or about doing something. We like to say things like, I'm passionate about soccer or I'm passionate about music or whatever. We often use the word and say we're passionate about all of these things. But the true meaning of the word passion is that it means to suffer. So when I'm really passionate about something, what you're really saying is I'm willing to suffer for that thing. Anything that you're truly passionate about and any, is anything that you love so much that you are willing to do whatever it takes to get it done, which simply means you're willing to die for it. Many of us who are parents can say that we are passionate about our children because we are willing to what? Die for them. So the second component of heat is, is, is passion. Now let's look at the final part of our text in verse 34. It says this, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. After Simeon had blessed Mary and Joseph, he went to tell them that a bright light casts deep shadows, as many people who would rejoice and learn who Jesus would, would someday, someday grind their teeth against him. As wonderful as light is, it does cast a shadow. There is the illumination of the wonder, but then there is still the shadow. Jesus would, he would force people to choose whether they really wanted to get close to God or not. Jesus would cause people to expose the hypocrisy of their own lives. This child would bring light into the darkness of the world, but there will be those who will do their best to get rid of him. Simeon warned Mary that this would be her pain in the future. Old Simeon had lived long enough to know that if God wants to bless us, to save us, somehow God must also confront the very worst things about us, the things that we do to one another, the terrible things that we even do to ourselves. So even in the midst of the wonderful illumination that God brings and the revelation of light. There is behind that the darkness that follows the light wherever it goes. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. This, the, the, this confrontation would, would, would not be cheap. This salvation would be very costly for that same light that shines to the Gentiles. That baby, that little baby in the manger. This, this cuddly baby Jesus in Mary's arms would grow up, speak the truth to us, and would die for us. But a cross casts its shadow as it stands behind the manger. There's a very close connection between the beauty and joy of Christmas and the pain and sorrow of Good Friday. 
Jesus had come to bring the light of God's love into people's lives. But the darkness in people's lives, which can be different for many of us, looms in the background that while you would do good, the thing that you would do that is good, the darkness seems to not be willing to let you go. Darkness for many people could be lack of food, water, health care. Darkness. Darkness could be, if you live in a, in, a, in a war-torn country, the darkness could be the killing and the raping, plundering that happens in the Civil War. We all now are focusing on, 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 on human trafficking. All of these things are darkness. For other people, darkness could be struggling with an illness, losing the struggle with failing abilities, entering into nursing homes. Darkness. For others, darkness could be an addiction, an unhappy relationship, or even an inconsiderate boss. Whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, whatever your darkness might be, or however you classify darkness in your life, there is a darkness that is much deeper inside each and every one of us. And that darkness is sin. It is a darkness of sin that affects every moment of every day infecting every word that you speak and even some of the actions that you take. Listen to me, church. What I'm telling you is that you know what your struggles are. You know those words and those thoughts that you think when someone presents you with something that you don't agree with or even like. Darkness. Yeah. You know the darkness that comes upon you whenever it is that, yes, you just left church, but someone cut you off on the highway. Darkness. You know the darkness that comes upon you whenever it is that you have to be, go beyond yourself to forgive someone else. Darkness. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, I could wear all these fancy robes I want. I'm not exempt from the darkness. But despite the darkness, the shadow that is cast, there is still the possibility that I can still find the light. See, people often reflect or illuminate or understand light but they also understand the heat of passion Simeon recognized the baby Jesus and a light that would bring salvation to all people trapped in darkness Uh, uh, the, the light will actually change things if you let it because where there is guilt the light brings forgiveness where there is despair the light brings hope Where there is weakness, the light offers strength. Where there is anxiety and worry, the light brings peace. Where there is sickness and grief, the light brings faith in God. Where there is failure, the light brings its love. But but, but Paul reminds us that men liked the darkness. A lot. And so even though right before our grasp, is the opportunity to take hold of forgiveness, hope, strength, peace, faith, and love, we still choose the darkness. And wherever there is darkness in your life, in your family, in our world, Christ is ready to bring light. And the light brings the life that chases away any darkness. For what fellowship does light have with darkness? Absolutely none. His love never changes. In his light, 
you will find the strength, hear me church, to carry on no matter how dark it may seem. Because the fact of the matter is, he doesn't leave you in someone's driveway. No matter what roads you may think you are on, he will bring the light that says, where are you going? For I know a place that I will have prepared for you. If you'd only let me be the lamp to your feet and the light unto your pathway. <laughs> when the old man Simeon was holding the newborn child, the words he spoke were remarkable for their vast universal scope, right? He said that this child has come for all people, for all nations and races of the world. His faith, his faith didn't stop at saying, Jesus is my personal savior. No, his was a more powerful faith that announced Jesus, the savior of the world. This cuts right across any personal ownership that you or I may think, and me more than most, would think about our savior. No individual has more rights to Jesus than any other. No one owns him, not you, not me, not the Protestants, nor the Catholics, or the Pentecostals, certainly not any AME. The babe is not ours. We are his. This child is God's son who gave his life to rescue us from sin and death. He did it so that we, all of us, might belong to him. Simeon is leading the way with this precious baby Jesus. God has come to earth. This child is a light revealing God's love and bringing salvation for all people. So we want to take this year's Christmas joy, if you will. With all of the lights and everything around us, we want to join Simeon in his song and say, Now, Lord, you are releasing us, your bondservants according to your word. For our eyes and our hearts, if you will, have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all people, black, white, green, yellow, pink, indigo, and violet. All people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles. It is incomprehensible to the human mind. One man's death for all of us, releases the power to forgive all of human sin. One man's resurrection life releases the power that not only holds the promise of eternal life for all who will receive him, but that one man's life opens up a power that will flow into dying marriages, dying homes, dying bodies, things that bring affliction. I don't understand it, but if you sort of just crack the door in the darkest closets of your life and let just a little eenty weenty beanie bit of light come in, it will bring revelation to your room no matter how dark you may be. Jesus is the healer. Yeah. He, he is the deliverer. He is the Lord from heaven. He is the king 
of glory. He is the Lord Almighty. He is the resurrection and He is the life. He is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and most of all, and most of all, He is the Savior of our souls and the forgiver of your sins and mine. And and his name is Jesus. And he resurrected from the dead. Now, Now again, you can lock yourself in your closet of unbelief all that you want. But it doesn't change the fact that even in the darkest closets you find yourself today before the end of this year whether COVID or NOVID has really taken you to the darkest closets in your life brothers and sisters crack the door crack the door crack the door and let the light of Easter morning resurrect you again Jesus is the light of the world he is alive forevermore he has the keys the bible says the keys for all of life's circumstances so 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 when simeon says when simeon says jesus is a light he understood through the revelation power of the holy spirit that jesus brought with him illumination and understanding so that we could all see clearly as Jesus brought the heat of his passion that he loved us so much that he was given as the only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him might not perish but have everlasting life. And so today with this very basic message in the darkness of your despair whatever your despair might be Jesus is the light of the world and if you hear his voice harden not your hearts receive him today and take that step out of the dark into his marvelous light may the Lord richly richly bless you my beloved